You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam, broadcasting on the Broadway Podcast Network. On today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam, I am recording at the Green Room 42 with actress and recording artist Eden Espinoza. Hi, Eden. Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm thrilled to be talking to you. Thanks. so we are going to be talking about your upcoming residency at the Green Room 42. Yes. It's called Unplugged and Unplanned, which I love. Thank you. So how did the residency come to be? Yeah, I um, a, a couple months ago, I did a, I did a show at Standards at the Standard, which is a series that Shoshana Bean has curated and is producing out in L.A. And it's meant, um, it's meant for artists to come and just play and try new things. It's um, a very off-the-cuff, spontaneous environment, and it scared the crap out of me. Um, and I I actually ended up having a lot of fun with the gig, and I really wanted to continue that challenge and continue that journey with this residency. I, I made a very conscious decision, deliberate decision, to, to have it be different every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly just because I, I feel like I want to challenge myself with my repertoire. Like I, it, I'm sort of tired of the songs that I've been singing for so long, and mm-hmm. so I want to try new things and involve the audience, and I want to make sure that they feel like a participant and not just a spectator. So there's going to be a lot of back and forth between me and the audience, and that I'm really excited for. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I believe I read there's going to be. A Q&A section? Yeah, yeah. I, I say that at all my concerts, actually, uh-huh. because I'm, I've never really done a, a proper cabaret mm-hmm. to say, you know, like my shows are always more like concerts and I, I always open up the floor and tell people, if you want to sing along, if you want to dance, if you have a question, just shout it out. Mm-hmm. I, I like a very interactive uh, environment at my shows. And so, yeah, I'm going to encourage people to, to ask questions or tell me whatever they want they're like you know um because yeah i want to i want people to feel like they've they've gotten to know me a little bit after they leave the show that's wonderful what are you most excited about with this residency um for me it's like I, i a lot of the reasons why i i chose to do things a certain way this time around is are selfish. Um, mostly, <laughs> um, because I want to challenge myself and I, I want to try new things. And I, I sort of have been struggling over the last couple of years with this idea of like, of comparison, of perfection, mm. of living up to my younger self, living up to other people, living up to people's expectations of me. And I really wanted an opportunity to bring who I am today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, in this industry, when you, you know, for example, I haven't worked on Broadway since 2008. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people like have a certain, they, they kind of keep you in, in the time frame of the last time they saw you live. And it's been a long time since then. It's been a long time since Wicked and I've done a lot of other beautiful shows. They've just been outside of New York. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I just want people to start to get to know 
me today mm-hmm. and and the the artist that I am today and the voice that I am today and and so it's a it's a combo of of that of me getting over certain fears and irrational insecurities and just trying something different and new um yeah how do you feel cuz you mentioned that you you're you've changed since since the last time you were on Broadway with your and your voice has changed sure. how do you feel or what changes do you feel your voice has gone through or that you have gone through that will make you so different from before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think just naturally, obviously, you know, you, your voice changes the older you get. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I feel, I can only speak for myself that like, you know, when you're, when you've done a certain thing on Broadway or in in any industry, I, I, I think it's safe to say, you start to become you know, pigeonholed Mm -hmm. in that. And for me as an artist, I noticed that I was limiting certain genres or, or, you know, well, I don't really, I was trained classically, but I don't ever sing that because that's not what I do. And that's not what people know me for. And I can, I want to do it and I can do it. So it's, it's also that like, I, things have changed, but also it's been like limits that I've put on myself based on my own resume. Mm. So it's also that like, I want to explore and I want to try and I want, um, I want to just like play with all the colors instead of just this little palette. You know what I mean? So yeah. And what's making you nervous? That whole idea is very scary. Mm. Um, you know, when you're, but it also, I think the, the risk to reward ratio is it, you get so much out of it on mm-hmm. the other side. You know, if you're willing to try new things in front of people and make mistakes and show that you're human, it's just, there's a freedom that comes with it. That is, uh, you know, such a gift. Yes. And, um, it, it just brings, I think it also just provides like a sense of, okay, like we're just here hanging and you know, it's going to be a fun, like laid back night. And, um, yeah. So the whole thing scares me, but in a good way, I love it. I had a therapist tell me one time that like fear and excitement are on the same scale and Mm -hmm. it just like matters on how you, where you put the marker on or how you view it or how you Mm -hmm. experience it. And so whenever things scare me, I acknowledge that it scares me, but then I somehow try to view it as more excitement. But um, I'm, it's the whole thing is scary. Even doing a residency is scary. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I had the same show every week, I'd still be scared, but this is, I I'm excited and looking forward to it. It's going to be so fun. I'm actually going to jump ahead for a moment because as you talk about fear, one thing that um, you were very afraid of, in regards to your sophomore album, Revelation, mm-hmm. is your songwriting. Yeah. So what what was it that you were so afraid of for so long to write your own songs that with this album you were able to break through that fear? I think um, I've always wanted to write songs and I love the craft of songwriting mm-hmm. and I respect it immensely. Um, and I... Um, I have a love affair with many, many um, songwriters that I just admire and respect. And a lot of them happen to be 
friends of mine. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when I would start to write music in the past, I judged it before I had even started it. Like, well, I'll never be as good as this person and this song Mm -hmm. sucks and crumple up and throw away, you know? And um, I, I was at a point in my life personally that I don't think I had any other option. Like Mm. I was just consistently writing down uh, therapeutically, like my, my thoughts and my emotions. And sometimes naturally they came out in a, in a poetic form. So I, I just reached out to people who have been doing this longer than me Mm -hmm. that I love and respect. And that I knew would create a safe space for me to <laughs> to show my innermost thoughts and feelings to. Mm-hmm. It's it's like would nurture me in the way of like instead of spood feeding me the process, uh-huh. guiding me to let me find my own way through mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. so that I could continue to do it on my own yeah. instead of like, well, I this is what the song should be, or it would be better if it was this. And they let me mm-hmm. have input and they let me guide and. Um, and it was a true collaboration on, on on all of that material. So, did I lose track of your question? No, no, no. It was you, you were talking about how you were working through the fear of right. Of, so, so it was just like it. yeah, I was just at a point where I was like, here's my journal. Yeah. And which one do you want to start with? Yeah. You know. <laughs> I love that. So I love that. Yeah. And, and one person that you that you really do credit that you talk about um, in the video on your website when talking about the creation of the album is yeah. Izzy Ray. Yeah. And how listening to her gave you some freedom yeah. around the whole song. So what, what was it about her and her style that was like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. Yeah, it was actually, I had heard her album and just fell in love with her as an artist, mm-hmm. her, her point of view, her lyrics, her melodies, her voice. Um, but then also the production side of the album blew me away because mm. I knew that they did it themselves, um, which means they didn't have a lot of money, right. but it sounded expensive mm. and it sounded just like perfect. And so I asked who produced her album because I was like, I want to work with with that person. Yes. And I had already started collaborating on songwriting with Izzy and she was like, oh, actually it's my boyfriend. And I was like, what? And you know, I just called him and originally my, my, um, I had started talking with Izzy about songwriting, but my second album was going to be like my first album, which Mm. was Broadway content, you know, brought out of context and reimagined. And he's the actual, the one who's not from the theater community, doesn't really know anything about musical theater. And so, he was just questioning the why I wanted to do another album of covers, and I'm like, well, in my industry, that's what you do unless mm-hmm. you unless you write. And he's like, well, do you write? I said, well, I write like <laughs> I write my thoughts down, <laughs> but I haven't actually, you know, written a song, but I've always wanted to. And he was like, I've only been talking to you for like 20 minutes, and you have a lot to say, mm-hmm. and so why don't you just try it and see? And so. Blaine was the, his name's Blaine Stark and they're now married, but he was the one that started encouraging me to just try. I love that. And and here we are. And so co-wrote several songs on the album with Izzy and other amazing artists as well. And yeah, it's incredible. Thank you. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. You should be. 
Um, so going going back to the residency for one moment, mm. and then we'll continue talking about the new album. Yeah. Um, in preparing for this residency, do you prepare the same way that you prepare for a musical theater performance? And if not, h- how does it differ? Um, no, I think this one I, is less preparation for me, and uh, intentionally so. I mean, I'm definitely going to pick every week a song list um, and I'm definitely going to involve the audience in it. I, you know, I'm going to reach out on social media and be like, all right, tell me a handful of like pop covers that you want to hear. Um, we're going to do every week an off the cuff request section for musical theater songs only. So, it, and that's going to be very unprepared. My friend Max Grossman is going to be playing for me and he has an iPad full of everything. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just want to, I just know that it's been like, I'm just, I don't want to do that because so-and-so does it better and I don't want to be living in that space anymore. Yeah. And so I want to give people what they want though too. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, I've always wanted to hear you sing whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I insert a song, I don't know, waving Any through dream, a window, like, right, right. you know. And so I might not know the whole thing, but I can do a verse and a chorus for you mm-hmm. and moving on, right. you know. I'm going to have some special guests as well. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm super excited. It's going to be so much fun. But yeah, so the preparation will be different. I mean, we're, I'm definitely going to, it's going to be rehearsed. Um, you know, I'm going to have a set list every week, but it's going to be different every week and it's going to be very choose your own adventure. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And I think the audience will love that too. Good. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. So going back now to your sophomore album, Revelation. Mm. Um, so how long did it take you to write and record the album? I think from first song being written to release of the album was about a year and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it was a minute because then even we were almost done and I... I, I've like had a lot of em- lived a lot of life emotionally um, over the last couple of years that ha- that manifested itself physically in my voice mm. and not uh, not in anything in terms of of damage but um, just like constriction like I didn't I could I didn't have the facility that I used to mm. um, and most people wouldn't know like it was just an emotional mental block that I was having. Um, and I had recorded the vocals and then I went to Williamstown and did our first run of, of a musical Lempica that I've been working on. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had had a couple breakthroughs. And so I went back after and I Mm. called Blaine and I was like, we need to re-record these vocals. I'm in a much better place and I will not be able to live with myself. And Blaine was the producer. He's the type of producer who he doesn't use any studio magic, no pro tools, Uh no, I mean, pro tools, no auto tune, (laughs) -tune. no melodyne. Um, That's all me. You know, one song is a complete live pass with me in the band. So he's, he's very old school and I, I knew that I could do better. Mm. So it took a little, there were things like that yeah. made it take longer than, than usual. But we're going to switch gears for a moment and play a game Great. based upon the name of your sophomore album, Revelation. Okay. So I'm going to hopefully get you to reveal a few things about yourself that oh you, um, I'm scared. Won't be talking about during the residency. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or will I? Or will you? 
Um, so how do you unplug and recharge from today's social media infused world? Ooh, this is great. Um, this, this type of like work I prioritize more and more the older I get. So I, um, read, I love to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually love to read an actual book. Mm. Like I do have books on my iPad, but I prefer to have a page turner uh-huh. because I like to hold it. And I like that feeling of like when I finish it, I'm like, I finished a book. I like love that. I just love it. So reading is a big thing. For, um, unplugging for me is anything out of nature. Mm. Like even if it's just walking outside in the city or mm-hmm. Central Park without headphones, like just no music, just me. Um, I feel like I can really just hear myself think and mm. get to process my thoughts a little bit more. I love a meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, that really helps me as well. Um, and then weird things like, you know, doing things around the house, like organizing mm-hmm. or, you know, cleaning things and organizing (laughs) things. Um, Those are a few things. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Priceline presents go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. Um, what is one role that you got that was completely unplanned? Trina. I mean, although oh. I had auditioned, I mean, um, I never, th- I, I never thought I was right for that role. I, I passed on the audition two times mm. before they came around again. And I told myself to get over yourself and maybe there's something that they see that you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's James Lapine and Bill Finn. So get your ass in the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, but, but Trina was the most unexpected. Mm. Um, I think just cause it's not ever a role I had my eyes on mm-hmm. and it's never a role that I would have seen myself in. Yeah. But um it was such a beautiful gift and that tour I had the best time that's wonderful yeah I love it yeah what was the worst thing to happen to you while playing Alphabet and Wicked whether that be like an injury a mishap scenery issue costume so many ones to choose from yes um I mean you can tell me them all (laughs) yeah I mean oh wow there's just so many and a lot of them have to do with acting out, but my f- acting it out. But my favorite one is, um, you know, you wear 
your mics at the top of our in Wicked we wore them at the top of our wigs like just peeking out you know yes. beyond the hairline uh, on the top of your forehead and you know Megan and I did Wicked together I did I did it with Megan the most and so we had several different versions of things like things would evolve over time mm-hmm. and we were always very in sync with one another and so for a long time when during popular when she was um trying to change the frock into the ball gown she mm-hmm. would do these like really deep knee bends before she would try the the spell uh-huh. and one time she exhaled as if you're trying to like move the bangs away from your eyes like <sighs> Yes. Like that. Well, she did that, but it went directly into her mic, which in turn made it sound like the hugest fart you have ever heard <laughs> while she's doing the deep knee bend. Oh my God. Um, and the audience, well, it happened. It re- like just echoed through the Pantages. <laughs> she then says, Elfie, excuse you, which made the audience laugh even more i was just head down shoulder shaking we i i would say i mean it, it stopped the show for a good couple minutes like pe- people were just the audience could not like what did you have for lunch like she just <laughs> kept going and i would just stood there and took it and it was that's like my all-time favorite that's a Ms. great Hap. story yeah i love that i love that i do have one serious question about wicked sure because playing alphaba I mean, you have those crazy, crazy high notes. And how did you like preserve your voice throughout that time? Well, I was really young. Uh-huh. Uh, I was a lot younger. And it's, it's strange because I think sometimes people don't remember the timeline like i mean i was adina standby in the original company so yes. i and then and that's then when I, I saw you in it wow yeah that's crazy yeah so then after that i did a contract every year for seven years mm. and so i was still like in the beginning group of people kind of before it developed like a, a crazy headspace mm-hmm. about it mm. and and i think that because I started at the time that I did, it was the first big job that I did, my Broadway debut, I didn't have the mental space to to freak out and to be like, ah, mm. ah, my voice. Like it never, I mean, it was, it's difficult. Um, but I didn't have that, it just, I just did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff came in like later in life mm. when you know when i when i became more well known i guess uh-huh. um those kind of things but um i i definitely remember being my first full week that adina was out and getting to that saturday night and it was right before i alphabet spoiler alert <laughs> pops out of the trap mm-hmm. when Fierro does the knock. Yeah. Um, and I remember hanging there getting ready and I looked over at Joby who was um, Adina's dresser and I was like, Adina Menzel is the hardest working woman in show business. <laughs> Pop out. Like I just, because I was so tired, I was, that was my first time doing that many shows in yeah. a row and I just remember thinking like, oh my God, we have one more tomorrow. Okay, one more tomorrow. But I, it's a lot. Yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. 
Well, I know we loved you in the show. Thank you. You're welcome. I You're love welcome. the show so much. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. And 16 years later, it's still running, which Unreal. is incredible. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's a, I was there. I went on the anniversary, the 16th, oh. and it was just a crazy experience just remembering tech in that building mm. and remembering me feeling just like so small and just re I, I just saw everyone's faces and I hurt you know what I mean yes. just remembering that original cast but also like looking around the audience and people that bought the souvenir program and seeing my picture in mm -hmm. there and just being like I just cr I was crying just nonstop because yeah. it was just it's it's unreal to it be a is. part of something that that much of a phenomenon yes, it's, it's it really is it's gorgeous yes. do you keep in touch with anyone from the cast still yeah i mean some of my best friends are from that from that original cast i mean oh. i'm still i'm still very much in contact with megan and Derek williams and a lot of that ensemble i still see um often and um yeah i love it i just saw Kristen the other night oh. at a Disney concert hall in LA. She did a New Year's Eve show oh, yes. and I hadn't seen her in ages. So it was nice to see her. And oh, my friend was at that concert. Yeah, yeah. it was, was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, so what are some odd jobs you've had prior to acting? Prior to acting, odd jobs I had were I worked at a pizza parlor mm -hmm. when I was in high school. I when I first moved to New York, I worked at The Gap. Mm -hmm. It was actually when I was having my Wicked auditions. And I remember for my callback, I, I was scheduled to work and I asked for the shift off and they wouldn't give it to me and I just didn't show up. Wow, I love that. <laughs> and I remember saying like, well, I can't miss this appointment, so I won't be at work that day. I just want to tell you. Yes. And I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also was a hostess at a restaurant when I first moved mm. to New York, too. Those are the only non-performing odd jobs that I've had. Okay. Yeah. Those, are, those are some good ones. Yeah. And favorite kind of pizza? Pepperoni with black olives. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. That's the jam. Yes. Um, since making your Broadway debut, I mean, you kind of, I think just answered this, but have you had to have another survival job in between gigs? I've been really fortunate that like, I haven't, I mean, I've, they've all had to do with the arts. So like mm -hmm. teaching is the only non performing job that I've had in between gigs. Um, but it's. I taught at NYU for three years and mm. I still, it's one of my biggest passions to do master classes and, and work with, work with people, but those, that's it. That's and incredible. so it's still having to do with, um, being creative and, and artistic knock on wood. Yeah. We'll see. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and lastly for the game, um, oh no, wait, two more questions just kidding okay so what role didn't you get that made you so mad you just couldn't believe you didn't get it oh gosh um there were two that I really wanted and one I wanted more because one I wanted because I wanted to play the role so desperately mm. the second one I wanted because I wanted a job so desperately and I was so close mm. so it wasn't like a role that I was like I have to play that but yeah. the first one was the um 
Evita revival. Oh, um, the one it, that just came with Ricky Martin. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. and I had auditioned. Um, I had. I'm trying to. Re- I'm trying to remember if this was for. Because they did it in London first, right? Yes, yes. Because I'm, right, Elena Roger did it in London before it came to Broadway. They brought it to Broadway right, with her because right. of her. Okay, yes. so then it was probably for the London then mm. because they flew me to. It was it it was the week I had taken second week I had taken over Elphaba from Shoshana, mm. um, and then the producers let me go to London to audition. Thank you, David Stone. Um, Yeah, and they flew me to London and we auditioned at the Palace Theater on the stage for Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice. And I was maybe one of two Americans that they brought over. I think the other person was Sarah Uriarty Berry. I don't Mm. remember um, for sure. Uh, And then I I didn't get it. Mm. But um, so that one was like, I I really wanted it, but yeah. boo hoo! I got to come back and be Alphaba. Like it, right. you know, it, it, it <laughs> right. wasn't terrible. Like right. I got over it real quick. And then the other one was was disappointment. Was was Drood. I was like oh. down to. I remember the last two people were Steph and I at Ripley Greer, and we heard each other's auditions mm-hmm. because you can hear everything right. in that. And um, and obviously we know that she got it and if she should have gotten it because she was perfect in Mm. that show. But I, I was just at a time where I hadn't worked in so long and I was so close and I was just wanted a job, but like that just goes to show you that what's meant to be yours will be yours. And, and, uh, anything that's isn't, isn't meant for you, you know? So, um, so yeah, those are the two. Lastly for the game, uh, when were you completely blindsided by a show's closing? The only thing that I've closed, like we are no longer yeah. rent, and I knew it was closing going into it. Mm-hmm. And I knew we were the last cast. Yeah. So I, I would say that Brooklyn is really the only thing that I can can say, but I was more blindsided that we didn't close sooner, mm. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yes, yeah. um, because you know we ran for about like nine months, so there were a lot of weeks where I was like, Oh, next week we're getting, (laughs) Oh, it's coming next week. Or, you know, we'd circle up before and we like, okay guys, it's probably going to be soon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, it's a little opposite in that one, but, um, that's the only one I've had that I've done that, you know, you're fortunate that, that, that yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we're going to, do the last few questions and then that's going to be, that's going to be it. Okay. Go so fast with you. You're so much fun. Oh, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So in addition uh, to seeing you as Elphaba and Wicked, I also got to see you as Maureen and Rent. Um, so now if Elphaba and Maureen were to meet, what advice do you think they would each give each other? Ooh, I think that Maureen would encourage Elphaba to get to her like, blooming place earlier Mm -hmm, you know i mm -hmm. think that maureen would give elfie um some lessons and some um influence in being your authentic self and no apologies you know because i i feel like maureen is so um just out there and doesn't care and 
you know, doesn't make any apologies for herself. So on the flip side, I think that Elphaba might give Maureen a, a couple lessons in when to when to use your voice for the best <laughs> and when to p- choosing your battles yes. a little bit more. Yes. And Maureen, in my opinion, like she's very self-centered, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that Elphaba, because of you know because of the hardship she went through because of the color of her skin, I think that she was so used to looking at other people and mm. making, taking care of other people. And I think that, um, she might, she might cause Maureen to think about other people's feelings a little bit more than her own. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah I yeah. love that. Thanks. That's so great. Thank you. That's um, a great question. Oh, thank yeah, you. I love thank that. you. For this next question, we're going to use this, the title of your song, Easy, from your sophomore album, Revelation. Yes. So um, the song is about change. So what would you say is the biggest change you've made within yourself since your Broadway debut? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> We're getting deep. I think that um, since my Broadway debut, so long ago, 16 years ago, um, I think the changes that I've made is that I don't take anything for granted. Um, you know, I, throughout my career, if you just take my career in New York, there's definitely been peaks and valleys mm-hmm. and they've all been for specific reasons that I know now in hindsight. So I think that I'm grateful for, for all of those things, mm-hmm. even though sometimes the valleys were like, can you please, can somebody throw me a bone? Can I get arrested, please? <laughs> but I, I, so, so I know to look for the lesson mm. in everything now, which is, I'm so grateful for. Um, I think that after, that after all these years, I know that it's okay to be yourself in the fullest expression that you can, mm. um, instead of trying to emulate or trying to recreate or trying to compare, um, which I love as well. And I, I have, like confidence in myself that I'm I'm the only one that's me. Mm-hmm. And there might be people who are better technicians and better musicians and better singers and, and better whatever, insert, <laughs> insert whatever, you know, word you want. Um, but I'm still the only one that, that is like me. Yes. And that's badass. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're up to the last question. So I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. Okay. So if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you have not talked about in a previous interview, what would you tell me today? I would tell you, um, okay, I, this is so good. Oh, this I is can't wait. Very good. Oh, I think I would tell you that I would tell people to never sacrifice themselves for the sake of a relationship or for the Mm. sake of an idea of a relationship. Um, I think our society really like has muddied, cloudied, romanticized, you know, relationships to, and like, I feel like they can't live up to what we expect them to be. Mm -hmm. And we lose sight of that 
we're just two human beings trying to exist together. And that's going to take a lot of work and vulnerability and transparency. But I feel like I'm, I, this happened to me and I feel like I meet a lot of people who all of a sudden get lost and they don't know who they are anymore Mm. because they're just trying so hard. And so I would say that it's okay to choose you first. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's beautiful advice. Thanks. And it does happen to a lot of people. Absolutely. And I can't think of the, what I just saw, but there was something I recently just saw that was like that exact sentiment. Mm. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. Yes. Totally important. Put yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not in a not in a selfish, selfish way, way right. but it's like that analogy of putting the oxygen mask on you yourself yes, first, and you have to make sure that you're thriving before you can help somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'd say. Well, that's wonderful. Thanks. Thank you. So that's the whole interview. Great. I can't believe it's over already. Um, everybody listening to this podcast, you are going to come to Eden's show, yes, her residency at the Green Room Forty Two, unplugged and unplanned. Uh, it starts February 9th and it goes through February 29th. Mm-hmm. And I'll have the ticket link at callmeadam.com. Thank, Thank you, you so You're much, welcome. Adam. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, with for the business of show. Callmeadam.com. Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit callmeadam.com. And follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CallMeAdamNYC.